Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to the NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool recap show right here on Fightful.com. I am Mr. Warren Hayes, welcoming you to this uh, wonderful recap for an overall pretty exciting show. I mean, you know, it uh, it was like a, uh, like a seesaw. It went up, and when it was up, it was up. And then it sort of teetered, and when it teetered, well, you know, there's sometimes you like it when it comes down because it goes back up again. Anyway, I may be doing a bit too much uh, editorializing right now. Guys, if this is uh, your first time heading, uh, heading over here on Fightful.com, we've got – Fightful.com is, is your – it has to be, or it will become your destination for all wrestling, MMA, boxing news – like right now, there's some great stuff up up there. There's uh, Joe uh, Hulbert who wrote a fantastic article on Chris Jericho's very unique and unrivaled legacy in wrestling. We have lots of news about the NXT UK leading up to uh, to the event. Reports about the uh, the opening of the UK Performance Center. Zach Gibson saying uh, that uh, you know Takeover here, uh, Takeover Blackpool is essentially their WrestleMania one. There's even an article about Rotzi the. Uh, uh, the announcer saying, you know, that he's not uh, close to the idea about getting into the ring. So that's interesting. Go check that out. It's all on Fightful.com. And then, and then of course, you can go check out FightfulSelect.com, which is the premium service. It's a subscription service where you get even more content than what is already up there on Fightful.com. You get, uh, you, you get the Fightful Weekly, which is done by Sean Ross Sapp, Managing Editor where he talks about all the news, uh, uh, drops some backstage knowledge as well. You have Steven Jensen with The Weekender. I do a weekly 205 Live NXT, NXT UK recap show. I do uh, retro pay-per-view reviews with Sean Ross Sapp as well. The Royal Rumble's coming up. We're in Royal Rumble season, aren't we? Well, we, we have R- Royal Rumble 1998 up there for you. So why don't you go check that out? FightfulSelect.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. If you're coming in live, folks, if you are live... Do us a favor. Give us a thumbs up. Tweet out the link. Share it with your with your 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 friends, your countrymen, country women. <laughs> Just that's the best way right now that you can that you can support Fightful. It's a very very small gesture, but it means a lot. It does mean a lot. Just like it means a lot to have a co-host with me today, a guest, a uh, a, a chum, a comrade. <laughs> who is none other than Kristen Ashley, 
uh, a uh, a fightful contributor, uh, editor in chief over at Diva Dirt. Kristen, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. Kristen is joining us via audio means, but she is still here with us. She just watched the pay per view uh, as uh, as uh, we did. What did you think? Like overall, Kristen, what do you what do you think of the event? Um, I mean, I try not to be biased because it's not fair to compare them to all the other takeovers. So, but I think that for I mean for the brand, they came out pretty strong. Um, I, I mean, if I had to give it a grade, I'd say like a B plus. You know, it, yeah, I mean, you know, it was their very first event, and you know, to some extent, I do agree that you know you can't you can't go ahead and uh, try to compare them with everything that NXT has been building over the past few years. Because they've essentially been uh, been in the business doing this only since uh, since this summer. I mean, when you think about it, and you know, even at the start of the show, they recap the uh, the history of the UK division as far as WWE goes. Started off on January 14, thousand seventeen. They had the first UK tournament, and Tyler Bate was crowned as the man. Then head over to NXT Takeover Chicago where Pete Dunne defeated Tyler Bate and has not lost the title since. That was a hell of a match as well. Made a lot of uh, end-of-year uh, mm-hmm. compilations as well. Uh, and these are, you know, and especially after watching the, the entire show uh, today, you know, Dunne and Bate are two guys who really have carried the show, uh, have carried the brand on their shoulders. You know, one would say it would be, It'd be simple to say that Pete Dunne has uh, has borne the uh, the better part of that uh, of the branding, but Tyler Bate, man, he's been he's been something else, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you say? Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, before they started the tapings, when I thought of the UK, I mean, I thought of Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. I mean, they, I mean, they're all over the place. They're really the faces of the show, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and going into the uh, going into this pay per view, you know, a lot of people were saying, uh, you know, oh, there's no buzz. You know, there's no buzz to the division. There's nothing going on. Uh, we're not hearing anything really about it. And the uh, uh, depending on who you talk to, <clears throat> excuse me, the card either uh, just the card on paper either underwhelmed or you know people got excited, but. It's hard not to say, especially you know, since they've they've built such a they they've built a uh, a tape library of matches since they started taping last uh, last summer in summer two thousand eighteen. There's been so many matches they've been sitting on that they had to try and and just get out there into the world. Um, it was kind of difficult, like to really build a buzz and react to market forces, I guess, in a certain way. You know, if people aren't liking something, it's hard for you to turn around and say, well, we're going to do this this week if you have three months of stuff already taped, right? What do you think about the buzz or the uh, level of excitement or lack thereof regarding yeah, I mean, this show and the brand? I mean, in order to get any buzz and excitement, you have to watch the shows. And I think a lot of fans didn't feel the, the need to watch the shows a, because all the spoilers are already out there. Mm-hmm. Um, websites are posting all the spoilers, so why even watch it? And and B, because, yeah, there's just this big lapse of time. So 
you know, what might be like a hundred day rain is more like 40 days because, and it just has this weird, like time continuum problem where we're not sure where we're at in any of these storylines. And so it's hard, like for Mm -hmm. me personally, I felt most of the card, there wasn't a lot of build to the storylines, but that's because there is such a huge gap. Um, and so, yeah, then people didn't really feel the need to watch the show. And you kind of have to watch the show to feel any sort of hype for it. Yeah. And, and you, you know, that you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, especially, you know, when they, when you talk about sitting on stuff, I think official, like officially, um, Rhea Ripley won the title like it at, in late October, right? Mm-hmm. Like officially when it was aired, but she had been sitting on the belt for weeks before that. Right. So, yeah, it know. was some like yeah, it was some like a hundred some odd days, but in kayfabe time, I don't. It was weird. <laughs> it K- was only K-fabe. really like forty. Yeah, K-fabe K-fabe. You said, right? okay. yes, yep. <laughs> it was only like forty some odd days. It was really short rain. Messes with your head. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, I you know, and they start you know just and I covered this every week. I cover NXT UK every week for Fightful Select. Watching two hours of it every week um, sort of took away a bit to uh, a bit of the buildup because you could tell in the, in the programming structure that they had, the, it was never meant to be shows put back to back. You you were supposed to have a week breather between each, each of them and kind of felt rushed at some point. Didn't know exactly, you know, how, how things were going to, how things were going to turn out either. Um, anyway, it, it on you know on one end you know we want to talk is sit, sit here and talk about you know oh there was no buzz or so on and so forth but then you know NXT like NXT NXT once they dumped the game show aspect of it uh it didn't start sprouting magic the minute they 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 put it together as well right like it took some time yeah well and it's also a whole different i mean UK wrestling has it's huge it's where it's at but it also has its own following so you know what who might normally be watching the main rosters and nxt may not be watching uk wrestling so there's also that aspect that maybe they don't recognize the names as as much as easily that's right you know so you know uh, such as zach gibson for instance let's get right into it let's start talking about the matches let's 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 start this off the way they started it off with the uh with the finals of the NXT tag title tournament, Mustache Mountain versus the grizzled young veterans, Zach Gibson and James Drake. I like that the, uh, the British strong style boys came out with, uh, with an homage to the uh, British bulldogs in their tights mm-hmm. with the, uh, with the, uh, the, um, the flags as well. That was, that was, that was neat. Anyway, the match started off with the uh, bait and Gibson. The crowd is so hot at this point. It is, ridiculous um you know some people were even saying look at how hot this crowd is why aren't they getting a wrestlemania (laughs) you know that was bananas Uh, there's a lot of grappling to start off as gibson works the arm early on uh bait obviously you know his finisher being the shankly gate so a submission move so he wants to soften that body part off bait reverses into a head scissors and the shoes are off in the audience because they don't like Gibson. No, no, no. They hate Gibson. <laughs> they break oh, they the... really... What's, what's that? They, they really hate Gibson. Yeah, they really do. 
They really, really do. Big breaks out of a double wrist lock pinning position with the bridge and uh, flips over lean, leaning on his head. That's good stuff. He had done something similar to that in the six-man tag that they had with uh, Gallus earlier this week. But, you know, talking about how strong Tyler Bate is, is kind of like talking about uh, Kazuchika Okada's drop kicks. You know, it's cliche. He's strong. Oh, the drop kicks are beautiful, but you can't help but talking about it because, because it is. Uh, the heels try to double team Bate, who avoids uh, all their offense. There's some test of strengths between Seven and Drake. Bate uh, and Seven do uh, the assisted senton off of Seven's shoulders. Drake scouts the uh, bop and bang move, which honestly isn't all that difficult to avoid. And, but Bate uh, then avoids some some offense, covers for two, then hits a drop kick. Bate foils some double teaming with the Hurricane Rana and Gibson. Then uh, Seven comes in, gets a running crossbody press on Gibson who and covers him, only gets two again. Seven then keeps the double teaming, uh, keeps uh, keeps the double teams uh, on the side, dives on Drake to the outside, and then uh, he he starts selling his uh, injured his his that he injured his left elbow. The heels get back in control. There's a backbreaker from Drake onto seven, and then they start slowing the pace down quite a bit. At this point, Kristen, what did you think of the match? I was honestly surprised they started off with a tag team match just because I know how much heat Gibson gets and how much love Mustache Mountain gets. So, like, to see the crowd just going wild, it doesn't surprise me. And it felt like starting a pay-per-view with, like, the title match. It just felt like they were starting it really hot. Um, I think it was a really good pace. Like it was had a good pace to it. Uh, it was really physical. That's for sure. Um, Gibson kind of surprised me. I, I kind of feel like Gibson in that pair is the one with all the personality. Um, I don't yeah. really know much about Drake. <laughs> so anytime Gibson stepped onto the mat, I was really excited about it, but yeah, they definitely started off really hot. Gibson was, you know, he's 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 an accomplished heel and a great a great singles competitor. You know, he's he did win the uh, UK tournament this year. A lot of people thought that he was, you know, really being positioned to be a top heel. So it's kind of interesting that he was put into the uh, the tag team division. You know, but then again, uh, what else would you have him do at this point if they're if they're building other guys to challenge Dunn? Seeing that Gibson is such a fresh challenge, you know, they want to put other guys up there into contention. Um, what else are you going to have him do if not put him into a tag championship position? You know, something that he will be able to to sink his teeth into. Right. I think it's a good spot for him just because, um, you know, seven and bait, they have enough experience that it's a good match. It's a good place to put Gibson. You don't want to put him with somebody uneven. No, I, I would. Yeah. The, uh, there's a couple of cool spots here uh, where at some point um, uh, Tyler Bate goes for an airplane spin on Drake. Then he, he, he sets him down and then stacks both uh, Drake. Is it Drake on top of Gibson? Then lifts both of those guys and does an airplane spin on both, which, um, which was pretty funny. It didn't last long. I think Drake sort of fell off, but <laughs> still. Still something something cool to see. Bate hits an exploder suplex on the apron, sending Drake uh, uh, onto, uh, onto Gibson on the outside. He kips up and hits a, a, shooting, a standing shooting, shooting star press, excuse me, to the heels. 
Um, this was all off of a hot tag. Uh, Tyler Bate, anytime he gets a hot tag, is absolute dynamite. He goes for a Tyler Driver 97. That's blocked by Gibson. But Gibson eats the bop and bap. He, did, he wasn't able to scout it as easily as James Drake does. A little later, later on, uh, Trent Seven gets the burning hammer on Gibson. Uh, covers him, but Drake breaks up the pin. Drake and Bate then follow up a, into a series of pin counters that ends with Bate escaping a pin at 2.9. The uh, Bate slingshot lariat is interrupted by a ticket to ride by Gibson. The heels set up a helter-skelter. Drake hits a 450, covers, and seven kicks out at 2.9. And honestly, I thought it was done at that point. We get a spot where we get uh, double Shankly Gates by the heels. Uh, everything is, then starts going up, uh, starts going Mustache Mountain's way. Uh, but the match comes to an end when Bate accidentally ends up on Gibson's shoulders, uh, who's on the outside. Drake dives through the ropes and hits Bate, who tumbles off of Gibson's shoulders to the mat. That was a bit of a nasty, a bit of a nasty spin there. The heels hit the double ticket to ride for the win. Much to sh- a lot of shock on my timeline, but Kristen, I had called it. You did. I did not call it. I thought, you know, how can how can two men so handsome as Mustache Mountain, <laughs> they're so handsome <laughs> with their mustaches and their quaffs, how can they possibly uh, lose? And, and like, don't get me wrong, I love Gibson. In fact, I, I was talking about on Twitter a few weeks back, there was an episode where Gibson was taking Drake to all of Liverpool's, like, uh, like their uh, big spots in the city. And yeah, their landmarks and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> telling the history of the city as it relates to how awesome he is <laughs> and like yeah Liverpool's cool and all but you just wait till you see me and I thought that was so brilliant like what a cool way to get heat from an entire city like yeah this is cool and everything but just wait wait till you get a load of me and like so I'm I'm actually you know I'm bummed I kind of wanted Mustache Mountain to win but I'm excited to see like where Gibson takes it now yeah like, like they can't really I mean can't pick up their shoes at him anymore right i mean they probably still will but oh they will they definitely will they'll take their shoes <laughs> off they'll stand up they'll do it all um <laughs> i really think the right team won here uh mustache mountain didn't need the titles they didn't need to win the titles they are uh they are the most overact in 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 uh in nxt uk and when i say they i mean the british strong style guys there's nothing like there's no one else on the card uh, mm-hmm. on the roster who gets an equal reaction uh, that they do uh, as they do. Um, but I really think that Gibson and Drake are the best guys to, uh, to have put the titles on. I think that if mustache mountain wants to give them a chase, mustache mountain will be much more compelling as the chasers as a point, uh, as opposed to the chases. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but um because yeah, uh, Mustache Mountain are—they're essentially bulletproof. You know, I—I I, I think outside of starting kicking puppies in the ring, there's not much they'd be—they'd they, be able to do that would—that uh, would reduce their heat. No, they're so likable. 
There's, yeah. And I, I don't usually fall for the incredibly likable ones, but they're so likable. I can't help it. <laughs> even, <laughs> even, even, even if Tyler Bate starts walking around with a floral shirt, like we saw all day yesterday. Did you see yeah. those, those pictures of him with the floral shirt? It's, he can't do anything wrong. It, right. takes, it takes a certain amount of man to be able to pull off that kind of floral shirt. I'll just say that. With all that facial hair, it, it just, you know. <laughs> anyway, it's good. okay. Yeah, I get it. it. Maybe it distracts from the floral patterns. <laughs> um, but no, this was really good. I liked it. Uh, it was, and man, the crowd was dynamite for this. Absolutely dynamite. And the question was, will the audience remain dynamite for the next match? Because they followed up with Travis Banks versus Jordan Devlin. Jordan Devlin, as I like to uh, talk about whenever I get a chance, if, two- <laughs> what? if, 2018, <laughs> if 2018 was anything for me, it was the year that I discovered and became a fan of Jordan Devlin. So I was really looking forward to this match with Travis Banks. We saw a clip earlier in the day of Devlin attacking Travis Banks as he arrived in the lobby of the Empress Ballroom. Now, that's just, that's just poor security right there. That's a lawsuit. That's, a, that's liability right there. Um, so, uh, so that leads us into the match uh, where Banks attacks Devlin before the bell rings, but Devlin easily gets in control, starts working the injured knee because Banks, during the, uh, the clip, where he was attacked, was favoring the knee. Devlin just comes out and he stomps the hell out of the knee against, uh, on the, of the knee against the, uh, against the steel steps. And uh, we have officials coming out. Sid Scala is there in his, in his best, uh, in, in his best intern suit, <laughs> trying to check on, on, on banks. And they, well, the officials carry him to the back, to the back, and we're we're not getting a match. The match never never started. So Devlin gets into the ring, calls himself the greatest greatest Irish wrestler alive. And if that's not telegraphing what's about to happen next, I don't know what is. Skull and Saint uh, come out, and they say, "You know, you know, Jordan, we had a we had a feeling you were going to pull off something like this. So so we have a plan B." Now, up until this point, I was a little bummed. Um, Kristen, I don't know how familiar you are with the work of Travis Banks, but up until this point, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed because this was the match I was most looking forward to. Yes, because Jordan Devlin was in it, but Banks has a great work rate as well. And I was really looking forward to these guys locking up. Well, yeah, I, I'll be honest. So I'm sick. Uh, and so I was like, I'm going to get some soup. And this was going to be my match to make the soup. Because I know that you are a Devlin f- fanboy. So I thought, if anything, if I missed it, I'll just tell him, you just talk. So I'm going to go get soup. But then, yeah, then when I see that Banks is, is out and, and, you know, Sid and Johnny are there, it's like, okay, so what's going to happen? Because this is pretty, like, when this happens at a pay-per-view, you know someone's about to come out. So I'm just stepped up. I mean, I stopped dead right in front of my TV was it's like, like what, waiting, waiting for it. Come on. Yeah. What what <laughs> happens next kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, just before we point, we move on. Interesting to see at this point, we've seen, we saw Johnny Sane twice. We saw him handing, uh, we saw him with the belts, uh, with the, uh, the NXT uh, UK tag team titles at first, at the end of the match, congratulating the, uh, the champions. And then here again, 
And despite being in three separate segments, they didn't let him speak once. For those of you who watch my Fightful Select NXT UK recap, you know that I've started a countdown of the number of words Johnny Saint says during an episode. And as it stands right now, we're at, uh, as, as of uh, uh, January what uh, 7 or what? No, 10. As of January 10, uh, he's spoken six words. So we'll see. Uh, we're keeping a running tally, folks. Anyway. So the administration is out there. They say they have a plan B. And who is the plan B? Well, it is Finn Balor who comes out to the biggest reaction uh, that uh, he's probably heard in a long, long time. And Balor comes right in uh, and uh, walks right up to Devlin. And of course, you know, um, as many of you know, Finn Balor actually trained Jordan Devlin to a point that Jordan Devlin is actually, you know, especially since they're the same stature, they kind of have a similar bone structure, I guess. It's to a point where um, Jordan Devlin is called the mini Finn Balor, right? So it's uh, so it's interesting here because we do have the, uh, the trainer and the trainee going up against each other, but... Uh, Devlin's having none of his coach being in the ring with him. He just slaps him across the face, and Balor goes right after him with some strikes and some drop kicks. Yeah, uh, followed by a sling blade. He goes up top for the coup de grace, but Devlin probably knows his trainer quite a bit. He rolls out of the way. Devlin tries to, to flee, but Balor gets him back down, knocks him on the outside with a forearm. Devlin gets back in control, softens him up, double stomp to the chest, and then does, and then he mocks Finn Balor. He does the, the arm thing that created a generous amount of heat. Balor battles back with a rolling drop kick, but Devlin drop kicks Balor off the top rope and he falls to the outside. Some stomps follow, some ground and pound covers him for two. Balor fights back, but Devlin catches a kick and slaps him down. The Urinagi by, uh, by Devlin is followed up by his standing shooting star press which is a part of his typical arsenal, covers him but only gets two, and he puts Finn Balor in an, in an abdominal chest. And man, the, the audience, um, Kristen, is absolutely all in on this. And I'm not trying to make an AEW joke. They are really, really into it. Uh, yeah, well, everybody was. Um, I, I mean, I wrote in all caps for like the, that whole entire match because <laughs> I was just so hyped. Everybody was hyped. Um, Finn Balor began to trend. Uh, I mean... That was something, I, I right? Like, Finn yeah. Balor trending, that was... Uh, there, there was no hashtag Finn Balor up on the upper left hand of the screen, you know, to help us out. That started trending all by right. itself. Right. Yeah, there was mad amounts of hype. We see uh, we see uh, 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 Balor going for the 1916, but Devlin avoids it. Uh, a little later on, he will hit the 1916 on Devlin or the Bloody Sunday, depending on the era of uh, Balor you want to speak of. We haven't seen that in a while, but Devlin still manages to kick out a two. Devlin hits his uh, short arm back backdrop driver, which I really like. Covers uh, Balor only for two. Um, it uh, we we get to the end where uh, where Devlin hits a moon goes for a moonsault. Leaps off, but Finn lifts his knees, followed by a, an implant DDT. Shotgun dropkick. Balor goes up top, hits the coup de grace, and that's the win for the demon. Well, he wasn't exactly the demon, but you know what I mean. 
What did you think about this match, Kristen? Uh, I think I think if you're a brand and it's your first pay-per-view, this was perfect. I think it's taking um, Finn Balor, who's easily recognizable, and throwing it into the brand with like and not just being some random add-in, but actually having a story behind it because you know he did train him. Um, Devlin's not really well liked. And he made it a point in almost every show that uh, stop comparing me to Finn Balor. I'm better mm-hmm. than him. So, I mean, I should have seen it coming, <clears throat> but I didn't, especially since Finn was there for the opening of the UK Performance Center. So, I mean, he was there and I, I probably should have seen it coming, but I didn't. Put we probably should have all seen it coming. Yeah. Yeah. How, how come we didn't know? <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I'm glad I'm glad I didn't because it was like really it was it was amazing. It was a good moment. Um, my brother and my dad who got me into wrestling are super huge Finn Balor fans. And so, I mean, I was even doing his little arm raising and, um, it was a really good moment. This was, this was a perfect idea for a first pay-per-view if you want to get new watchers. I think that you, you use the right term here. It was a moment. I think that's something yeah. that the, that the brand needed something well that the event needed, not the brand, but the event needed just to, to generate some some excitement, people getting excited and going, going off on Twitter. Like if this had been like impact on Twitch, <laughs> I would have been interested <laughs> to see how it would have affected their viewership. Right. Mm-hmm. And let's see, see what kind of uh, viewership spike they would have got with that. Uh, but this is definitely something that, uh, that they needed here. It was, it was, I think it was a nice touch to bring him in. There's even uh, Gwyn in the chat that says, mayhaps we could get a Drew McIntyre appearance in NXT UK in the future, and I wouldn't see why not. That would also be really, really cool. Um, of course, there's the question. We, we can bear to ask this question. Jordan Devlin being billed or built as a, a very, very big star in NXT UK, a, a, an impressive competitor. He's only lost one match before today in NXT again in, in his stellar UK title championship match against Pete Dunne. Uh, and he's he's just been cleaning house everywhere. I was expecting in his match with with Banks when I did my prediction show, I said uh, well, there's no way Devlin is losing this because they're building him as being too strong. What do you think, Kristen? Does this knock him down a couple of pegs? Uh, yeah, I think so. Honestly, though, I mean, I don't really follow him as closely as you probably do, but <laughs> not um, sure what that means, but go but, ahead. You know, like I'm not as big of a Devlin fan as you are, but you know, for me, like I mean, he has really, I mean, he's good, but I wasn't like he's not Pete Dunn good, you know, like he's not that good to me. And so I expected this match with him and Banks to be like just them trying to put him over in that sense. Um, and then when Ballard came out, to me, that's when Devlin looked better. Like, mm-hmm. it felt comfortable. It felt like he, you know, you're fighting with your trainer. Like, you know this man. You know what his moves. You learned your moves from him. So it's comfortable and it looks really natural. And so for me, he actually looked better in this match than I think he would have in any other match. But it also, I think, creates the heat that they really want for him. So maybe that's their angle, is that if we put in, you know, hey, just shut up about Finn Balor and let's just put in Finn Balor and then maybe that'll that'll bring the heat that they really want for him. You know, I think, you know, I, I have a tendency to agree 
especially in the sense that you know he's he you know he's coming coming across as really as you know a bit of a competitive hothead. You know, I think this this kind of energy can carry him over into the upcoming tapings and the upcoming episodes where he can just be super pissed, you know, that Finn Balor came out of nowhere and then it just drives him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It just drives him more, you know, because his match that he had with Pete Dunne a few, uh, a couple of months ago now, I have to stop saying a few weeks ago. It's been a couple of months now. Uh, <laughs> it was tremendous. It is one of the, it is the best match that the NXT UK brand produced uh, so far. Um, and yes, I do include the matches we saw today. Uh, he's, uh, Devlin is, a, is an extraordinary talent. I just question, you know, does the fact that he lost tonight against Finn Balor, does it hurt him? I don't, ultimately, I don't think it does, especially if the, if they're able to capitalize on it and use it. And maybe, you know, at this point, I am all for a Balor versus Devlin two down the road where finally, you know, the, uh, where the student overcomes the master kind of thing. Yeah, I think this was, I don't think he's going to lose any likability, Devlin. I think this will just help him in the end. Um, it's the crafty veteran coming to shut a kid up. I mean, that just helps their storyline. It doesn't really hurt them. Correct. Correct. You are correct. <laughs> Next, we had Eddie Dennis versus Dave Mastiff. Now, I want to preamble this before we go on. And any- <laughs> again, th- those of you who do watch uh, my NXT UK recap shows on Fightful Select will know that um, in the case of Dave Mastiff, I had heard about the guy a lot before seeing him wrestle in NXT UK. I had never actually uh, actually seen him compete, heard about his name. I heard a lot of people being really high on him. And it took me a while watching him compete in NXT UK to get into him because I didn't quite understand what everyone saw in him. Yeah, he's a he's a big guy. He, he, he moves super smoothly but i just there's there's a thing there's something about him that i feel other people understand or have seen some some greatness out of him that right now i'm not just getting and the same goes for eddie dennis people put him over quite a bit i'm gonna be honest with you Kristen, and i don't know what you think uh this match didn't do anything to make me to 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 for, didn't do anything to uh, to endear me even more to either of these guys. Me, honestly, me either. I don't know much about either one of them. Um, 
In fact, I looked up their weight and their height because I just was curious to see the difference. And and Eddie is six six and two twenty. Mm-hmm. And Mastiff is five nine and three fifteen. So that actually gave me like, oh, maybe this match will be pretty good. But I I didn't really care for this match. I thought it was pretty boring. Um I actually thought the promo was more entertaining <laughs> than the actual match. Cause I, I feel like if they really built up on Eddie's craziness, it could go somewhere. But um it feels like he's just this disappointed school teacher who's had enough of Dave Mastiff. <laughs> and and yeah, it was really boring. I I'll be honest, I didn't watch probably half of that match. But you know, you do know he was a school teacher, right? A school teacher yeah, principal, Eddie Dennis yeah. being. Yes. I so, I know that. <laughs> so so there I, are le- Sorry, there are levels of disappointment then that can be attributed to just being just being a, a <laughs> former teacher. Um, you know, uh, just to make sure that everyone understands that Dave Mastiff is a big guy, that he's heavy. You know, WWE feels that they have to shake the camera with every step he takes. Oh. And it's so stupid. They do that every week on NXT TV. They had stopped NXT, NXT UK TV. They had stopped for a while. But they started doing it again recently, and I just think it is the silliest. Uh, both guys slug it out to, to start, but they're quick, they quickly head out on the outside and da- with Mastiff tossing Dennis into the steps. Then Mastiff brings uh, some steps into the ring. Dennis gets his hands on a kendo stick. He starts wailing on Mastiff, and, uh, and he pulls the mat off as well, exposing the floor. And this all happens within, I'd say, what, the first three to four minutes? This escalated quickly, but maybe maybe not well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, this match, I don't know how long it was, but it felt extremely short. Um, it, it was the shortest of the card, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't paced very well at all. Not it at feel, all. It feels like they were setting things up for a for a 20 minute match, but had to get every, they wanted to get all their spots in really quickly. Um, there was a, uh, uh, Dennis hits a Russian leg sweep choke uh, as he choked, um, uh, Mastiff across the throat with it. That looked, uh, I thought that looked really good. Uh, then Mastiff eventually gets in control of the kendo stick and gets some shots in as well. He wriggles out of a ma- of, um, uh, Dennis's fireman's carry. He runs the rope, hits his cross body, but Dennis catches him. And spinning side slams Mastiff onto the steps. This was the spot of the match, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you say? Yep, I agree. Yep. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's some high level commentary by Kristen <laughs> Ashley right there. But I'm glad. It's pretty I'm rare glad. that I. It's pretty rare I agree with Warren, so I have to just take it when it comes. I was about to say that. Yes, I just wanted to get a shot in. Dennis, they're on the outside. <laughs> Dennis gets a chair, but. Um, Dennis goes to the outside, gets a chair, but Finley uh, hits a uh, Finley roll. Uh, not, uh, not Finley, Mastiff hits a Finley roll. There we go. Mastiff uh, goes to the top rope, but Dennis goes over and gets him in the severed bridge, which is that extremely high uh, razor's edge, and he just slams him down. If there's one thing that I'm going to take away from this match, is that Eddie Dennis is strong. He covers uh, Mastiff, but of course Mastiff kicks out. Um, 
uh, they uh, they trade some more blows. Mastiff tries to uh, German suplex Dennis off the apron onto the exposed floor. That doesn't quite work out, but instead there's a Finley roll onto the floor, followed by a senton by Mastiff. So there you go. They use the exposed floor. Meanwhile, there's a there's a table that's set up in the ring. Um, Mastiff hits a springboard splash on Dennis. Dennis comes back and hits his neck stomp driver, which is his finishing move, but Mastiff kicks out. Um, and the uh, match comes to a crashing <laughs> halt when... Mm-hmm. <laughs> when... Oh, <thank laughs> when uh, when uh, Mastiff hits his rolling cannonball onto Dennis through the table that was set up in the corner, covers him, and that win, that's a win for Dave Mastiff, who remains undefeated in NXT UK. Uh, and, uh, but this match was, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I, should we call it a cool down match, Kristen? Was this, is this what this was? Yeah, this was, if you're going to have a five card match, uh, this is your third card. I mean, this is your third match. Like it, it was so short feeling and there were some brutal spots. I mean, there were some, but it didn't feel like a no DQ match. They weren't that brutal. It wasn't very entertaining. Um, and like you hit the nail on the head. I don't have any uh, emotional investment in either one of these characters. They're entertaining in their own right, but I don't. I don't really care who wins. So, I... but you you had touched on this before, and this is what's interesting uh, is, and it's that uh, the Dennis Mastiff match is actually one of the matches or one of the uh, the confrontations that had the the better amount of buildup. Mm-hmm. For the on the entire card, you know, um, m- maybe just under Joe Coffey and, and Pete Dunne, you know, the the tag teams they were in a they were in a tournament, and Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm is its own thing that's been going on for a while. And um, but this one, they actually, you know, they had them do promos, they had them do run-ins on each other. Uh, it had been brewing for a while, and they had a match about a month ago on NXT UK TV, which was much better than this. And it was not a, it was a, it was not a no DQ. So if you guys want to see these two guys go at it in a much more interesting situation, it's not a match that's going to blow you away by any means, but it's a lot better than what we, than what we saw here. But, um, you know, you've mentioned that it's a couple of times, Kristen talking about uh, when we talk about the, the buildup to the matches, did did you feel that uh, do you feel that the card was properly built up storyline wise? Uh somewhere, somewhere not. This is where we disagreed, me and Warren. <laughs> I personally I feel like the women's match was the most build for me. And I'm I mean, I'm a little biased. Don't make that face. I'm a little biased. So <laughs> um, you know, of course I'm paying more attention to the women's matches because that's my job. So it might that's probably why. But there's also, like, real-world stuff happening. Rhea Ripley is a presence on Twitter. Um, you know, they had the Mae Young Classic. They had other parts to their story. So it felt like the longevity had a good – it was a good build. Um, you know, Mastiff and Dennis, their promos were really, really well done. Um, but I still didn't feel any emotional connection to either one of them. You know, Uh it's hard not to get invested into Pete Dunn. I don't really care for Joe Coffey. 
Um, I don't care for Gallus for that matter, but you know, I, I felt like it was really uneven that there wasn't a lot of build on some of these. Um, yeah, I don't know. I personally, I think the women's had the best builds, but that's because I'm a women's wrestler editor. <laughs> well, you see, I I thought there were there was there was great build in these in the, the these final three matches. You know, Travis Banks and and uh, and Jordan Devlin just. It, you know, it was it was silly. Actually, the, yeah. their idea for feuding it was kind of kind of stupid. It was just let's give them an excuse to fight each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, you know, the tag team tournament. Well, it was just it was like a tournament. There was nothing personal between the the grizzled gun veterans and Mustache Mountain. I thought the last three. I thought these last three matches were properly built up, or, or at least the, an effort was put into it. Uh, maybe there's a question of were they the right candidates in certain situations, but. Well, We'll talk about that in a little while, I think. Next match, we have Rhea Ripley versus Tony Storm for the NXT UK women's title. Rhea Ripley lost her title this evening. Tony Storm, your new NXT UK champion. I'm going to tell you straight off the bat, Kristen, I'm a little shocked. Why? I really, really thought Rhea Ripley was going to hang on to it a little longer Mm. because I... I feel like she would have, uh, I think it would have benefited everyone for her to continue establishing herself as, uh, as the terror of the division. You know, there, there are some wrestlers who are just made to be, to, to be chased, you know, Mm -hmm. Rhea Ripley is, is someone that you have to overcome. She's not just like the, uh, she's not just like the champ. She's someone that you have to manage to overcome to win it's not just uh, to, to 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 get to your objective to 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 win the title it's not just i'll fight her and i'll pin her no 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 there's something much larger about her something bigger than just being the champ i really thought they were going to stretch this out a little longer have tony storm chase a little more maybe lead us into uh, a couple of more weeks of them feuding uh yeah i Okay, Rhea Ripley is probably the only women's wrestler that, like, genuinely frightens me. Like, she is legitimately scary. She's scary. And not just, like, in the ring, but the promos. Oh, man. She, like, you can feel, like, this, like, seething hatred coming off of her. And I love it. It's so brutal. And they kept showing her previous fight with Tony Storm where she got knocked on the back. And then she kept hitting her back. And just she didn't, did not care. And you just cringe when you watch that because it's just, you feel like, oh, she's so vicious. And we were missing that Rhea. Like, I was so excited just to see this, like, huge match, this very physical match, because I know both women can do it. They both have. Um, and it felt, it, it felt instead like, oh, Tony needs to get that push. And she's the underdog, and we need to give her this title, and so we're gonna just dial it back a bit. And it really, honestly, I was pretty disappointed by this match. I'm not gonna lie. Well, there's uh, Rhea Ripley uh, early on in the match gets uh, control of Tony Storm, who uh, is where she uses her strength uh, to really keep Storm down. Storm is in, uh, she's a bit in, uh, I'll do everything it takes mode to to win, but. You can tell that the, the story they're trying to tell here is that uh, Ripley's just too strong. She hits a 
she goes for a stalling vertical suplex by, by um, Rhea Ripley does, covers her for two, and then hits some double scoops, uh, slams on, on Storm as well. She's really pulling out the power moves. Ripley runs the ropes but eats a headbutt by Storm, and they slug it out, much to the delight of the crowd, and that, that was really, really nice. Um, Storm then uh, hits two rolling German suplexes, goes for a third, but Ripley counters the last. Eventually, uh, Tony Storm battles back and goes for the Storm Zero that is countered by Ripley, who goes for the Riptide, but Tony Storm body presses her down to the mat and into a pinning combination, but again, Ripley kicks out. Um, the uh, Another Storm Zero attempt is countered, and they, they roll into a series of pins that leads into the standing cloverleaf by Ripley, which I really like because Ripley is so tall and most of her competition is much shorter. So it's really impressive to see, you know, her, uh, to see her holding her competition, in this case, Tony Storm. And Tony Storm is, you know, holding on to like really the, the tips of her fingers onto the mat. It's a good, um, it, it's a good visual. I like it. Uh, the uh, uh, Ripley, uh, Rhea Ripley eventually connects with the Riptide, but Storm kicks out of it. She is the first person to have kicked out of a Riptide since NXT UK began. There's a short arm clothesline by Rhea. She's still holding on to the wrist. She hits a second. You want to call them short arm clo- short arm clotheslines or rainmakers, whatever you uh, whatever you prefer. The third is reversed into a headbutt by Storm, who hits the Storm Zero, covers Ripley, who kicks out at two point nine. She goes for the Riptide. Ripley does, but is countered into the final Storm Zero of the match, and that is that. What's next for the women's division, my dear uh, Kristen? What do you think is coming up next? <sighs> I don't know. I I hope they get some depth because right now, besides uh, Dawn, and occasionally you'll get a Ginny spot and a Brookside spot. This is it. I mean, we don't have any depth in our women's division for NXT UK. Um, I feel like they're using a lot of local UK talent um, and they're not utilizing them properly. There's actually an article we wrote for Diva Dirt, uh, one of my writers who talked about Charlie Morgan kind of being mm-hmm. uh, the the unfortunate victim of the Tony Storm push that she got the one match um, and then that was it. And so I, this, I mean, like I said, this kind of disappointed me. Um, there was a few spots that were pretty good. You know, I like the headbutts because those look pretty brutal. Um, I I feel like these are the two best finishers in women's divisions, like almost ever. I really like these finishers. I like Storm Zero, and I like Riptide. And for as brutal as they are, I don't feel like we got the match that we deserved. And I just kind of hope now that we get some more heels. I hope Ginny gets a little bit of a push. She's an amazing heel. I hope we get more depth. Uh, I want to see Nina Samuels more. Um, you know, Kaylee Ray and uh, Jazzy mm-hmm. were in the audience. Uh, I don't know if that's a hint. I would love to see Alpha Female. Oh my gosh, Alpha Female and Rhea Ripley. Could you imagine? Like that that'd would be, be that'd be awesome. That would be it. Would be extremely physical at the very least. You know, I'm kind of even thinking. You know, why not? Why not? Uh, why not? extend the uh, Millie McKenzie Pete Dunn friendship, right? Yeah. And, it, and it'd give Millie it'd give Millie a nice a nice substantial push as well uh because that's a lot of fun what when they uh, when they did that earlier uh, 
over the past few months. So, uh, but yeah, I, I kind of see, I feel that there's a lot of depth, but they're not putting the women properly to the forefront, you know? And I was talking again with this, uh, uh about this on my uh, prediction show. Um, or at, or at least Laura, who was my guest, was talking about it. You know, WWE has this uh, has this incapacity, it seems, to uh, book more than one women's storyline at a time, mm-hmm. right? Uh, on whatever brand, you know, and it's always about the title. So I feel that's what we had. You know, we had a couple of women's showcase matches. Nina Samuels, Ginny, uh, you know, Isla Dawn when she was... But when Isla Dawn had her proper feud, it was a proper feud with... Uh, with Rhea Ripley, but now she's sliding into a feud with Ginny. We'll see what happens, but you know, I think the depth is there. I just don't think they're using their women uh, properly, but I don't want to take the last word. What do you think? (laughs) No, you're right. Uh, They kind of had something sort of starting with Deanna in there. Um, Mm -hmm. I think she would be really good, which was fantastic. One of the better women's matches that they had on NXT UK to date. That was yeah, that was fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I I just hope they don't go like sometimes WWE like right now right like SmackDown has multiple women's storylines, but one of them is I'm trying to steal your husband. So, <laughs> which oh my god, I can't even I can't even tell you how many times I sigh in the two hours that SmackDown is. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that they just keep it clean like they have been because the storyline has been pretty clean. It's just I don't like you, and you can't beat me, and and then that's it. Um, they do have a lot of talent in UK. UK wrestling, man, especially women's UK wrestling, that's where it's at. And Laura right now is at a, a pro wrestling Eve show, and they have some women yeah. on those rosters that are phenomenal. They do things that I would never dream of doing. So. I, I just hope that they utilize the talent they have properly. Main event time is Pete Dunn versus Joe Coffey. Uh, and at this point, I kind of realized how the momentum in the audience has changed so much since the, uh, since the Dennis and Mastiff fight. Uh, the audience is not as uh, dynamite as they were when, uh, during the first two matches of the evening. Um, so yeah, so we built in the, built into this match. Uh, WWE NXT wanted to build Joe Coffey into this serious threat for Peter Dune. Uh, how do you feel about Joe Coffey being the first legitimate threat to Pete Dunne's uh, championship? So Gallus as a group is pretty uh, intimidating. I mean, they're big. They're big boys. Um, I think physically, I think physically they have the power. Joe Coffey seems like he's coming out of nowhere, but he just spent well, like six or seven years at insane championship wrestling where he was reigning over there. So, I mean, he's got a lot of experience. He's not really coming out of nowhere, but it feels like it. Um, <laughs> to be completely honest, this will sound terrible. But the one thing that really just flips me with, with Joe Coffey is that I can't understand what he's saying half the time. <laughs> I he's got his accent is so thick. It's so thick. And I like I have to go back and go, okay, no, he wasn't saying better. He was saying bitter. Okay. And and then like that kind of like that's terrible to say. But it does sort of pause on it, it makes me pause a little bit. Um 
You know, there's some people who pointed out that he looks sloppy. He does. Um, he's not as tight as Pete Dunne. Uh, yeah, I don't think I, I I wouldn't say that Joe Coffey's sloppy, especially not to his face. I, <laughs> I just, <laughs> but but I, I you know I think that when you do compare him and you put him into the ring with a guy like Pete Dunne, who is so terribly terribly crisp and precise in everything mm-hmm. he does, uh, I think then you expose certain. Uh, non-strengths let's call them that way because i'm terrified joe coffee's gonna hunt me down is that yeah i'm sure i'm sure he's gonna come looking right for you (laughs) Um, canada (laughs) because he's you know because you know i uh, i find that he he looks like a superstar he conducts himself as one he's got great ring presence i don't think he's a i don't think he's a bad wrestler at all i don't think he was ready for this position for being put into this match with Pete because it it did expose uh some limitations that he has. Yeah. I even had some some people telling me on uh on Twitter earlier on because uh, as anyone who follows any t- my my body of work they know <laughs> that, I'm, <laughs> that I'm not a fan of bear hugs. And he pulled out a bear hug and everyone was like, "Oh, pulls out a bear hug. Okay, he's main roster ready." <laughs> Which I kind of agree with. He he does wrestle that style, don't you think? Yeah, and you know, there's been some tag team matches with Gallus and British Strong Style that were really, really good. Um, they all can really wrestle. Gallus can really wrestle. All of them can, and they do have this really intense presence that when they come out and they fold their arms across their chest, like you just know it's about to go down. I mean, they have that natural presence um, and size. And experience. I think maybe he should have been just in Gallus before getting a singles push. Like maybe mm-hmm. he should have just, they just should have done tag, tag team stuff for a little bit longer. You can tell they were looking personally. they were looking to have a counter stable to the British strong style, that's for sure. Uh early mm-hmm. on there's a stalling vertical suplex by Joe Coffey and Dunn as he's holding him, Dunn is is kicking him. He's giving him knees to the uh to the head. Uh and uh that's uh I really like that because they it shows it goes to show how strong um goes to show how strong um Joe Coffey is because he really was able to keep him up there for a little while. Uh he hits an over the knee backbreaker into a sidewalk slam which was also very cool on Pete Dunne. Most of this match was a lot of was a lot of strength moves uh and and I really thought the match started to pick up once they got into the uh, uh, one that once they got to the final third, when um, to me it started, it really started to pick up when they're they're both on the apron. Joe and Pete, uh, Joe rams Pete into the post and then hits a jackknife power bomb on the apron. Uh, they uh, they roll back into the ring and then you know Pete Dunn has this has these eyes of doubt. Uh, Dunn's Dunn battles back with some short arm stomps to the head. You know, kind of like what Daniel Bryan has been doing recently. But like he's been laying in, he laid in with those with those feet to the head. It was really really vicious. He needs a pop up European uppercut though by Joe Coffey, and Zaguri follows. Uh, but then uh, Dunn eats a right by Coffey. The all the best for the bells connects, and he covers Pete Dunn for two point nine 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 nine. That was razor <laughs> razor thin. Coffee deadlifts Lund, uh, Dunn, who's in a triangle. He puts him on the top rope. 
and still holding on to that movie. Power bombs done off the buckles. That was nice. Uh, but then at this point, Joe is favoring his uh, left arm, and that would come into play a little bit for the end. Coffee tries to hit a bitter end, but it's countered, and Dunn hits a bitter end of his own, but he's exhausted and he can't make the pin. Coffee hits the all the best for the Bells on the apron to Dunn, who's in the, and Dunn his, uh, sorry, Coffee's on the apron and Dunn is inside the ring. Uh, they, uh, they end up on the top rope. Coffee is trying to do something with, with Dunn and then they fall off, right? And I'm not supposed. I I don't think that was supposed to happen, Kristen. It just because they get back into the ring, they do a couple of moves, and then they go back to the move. I'm not. I I think someone. I think someone messed up. Yeah, I, I do too. In fact, when I was taking notes during it, I I put on there like both on top rope. Looks like a fluke? Question mark. And you can kind of hear the the ref doing some audibles. He's saying some yeah. stuff. Doesn't look like it was meant to be. <laughs> and 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 when they when when coffee fell off the first time, you know, Pete Dunn went up to him and clearly, you know, they were talking yeah. about something. So, um, but uh, it all comes to the end when Dunn hits his own best, all the best for the bells, the bitter end. But that's not enough to put Joe Coffee away. So Joe just rolls him over, snaps his fingers, and that's that. Pete Dunn retains. Good move. Bad move. Good. Good. I think it's good. Um, I don't think you take it away from your face of your brand on your first pay-per-view. Yeah, I don't think um, so. And I think you're right when you say the last third was the best because you're getting that real bruiserweight nickname. It became more of a brawl um, than anything else, and it was more Pete Dunne. So, yeah, I think they made the right move here. I think giving it to Coffee so early would have been a really bad move. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I would have been shocked as well. They're just putting so much mm-hmm. stock into uh, into Pete right now for him to get uh, to get over uh, to get them to make the brand work. Um, and this, you know, and it was especially the good move seeing the how the match turned out, where you know Coffee still has a bit of a ways to go before he can hang up on that level again. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, there was no way. There was no way at this point that Pete Dunn was going to. And it's funny because there was a lot of people again on Twitter saying, "Oh, well, it's about time for this reign to end," so on and so forth. But no, it's too early. Yeah. So overall, uh, overall, I think it was an uneven pay per view. But you know, I in, I enjoyed it. Maybe the reason why a lot of people feel disappointed of it because of it is because the name Takeover is attached to it. What do you think? Yeah, and I don't think you can really compare them because. They're not the same. Um, I feel like it was really uneven. And they, I'm a big fan of, like, when I watch pay-per-view, I like a slow burn. I like that build up to that big match. And that really, it felt like we started off strong. And then we had, like, this, like, little break. And then they tried to come back strong. And it didn't connect with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like they made, it was just uneven. Yeah, it, was un, it wasn't weighted properly. That's for sure. Well, uh, we're going to wrap this one up. Kristen. Why don't you let the uh, good folks out here in Fightful Land know where they can find you on social media? What do you have coming up? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Kristen Ashley. It's my name. So difficult. Um, you can find all my stuff on Divadirt. I got some stuff on Fightful tomorrow for Fightful. Uh, me and Warren and Joe Soriano and Laura Morrow from Daily DDT fame. We're starting a women's wrestling podcast called The Division, that starts tomorrow. We're recording it. Um, so look for that on Fightful. 
Uh, I've got a big interview coming up with Brandy Rhodes on Monday that I'm super excited for. And we just have a bunch of exclusives, so keep an eye out. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Remember to, uh, to continue visiting us on Fightful.com. Consider subscribing to FightfulSelect.com because that's where you get all the Warren Hayes you could ever expect and more. But your support does mean a lot here uh, to all of us at Fightful. If this is the first time you're joining us, consider subscribing to Fightful to the Fightful YouTube channel right here. Got all sorts of videos. We got raw SmackDown post shows, every major pay-per-view event. We have post shows, WWE, ROH, uh, New Japan, AEW definitely coming up as well. So you don't want to miss out on any of that. Thank you all so very much for joining us. Thank you, everyone who joined us in the chat. I'll see you next time.